Hey, welcome to the Hate Beast Career Podcast. This podcast is an offshoot of the Hate Beast Discord. All opinions are my own and the guests. This has no reflection on the Hate Beast team at all. Hate Beast is an NFT project that I highly recommend exploring. If you're not familiar with NFTs, there is an amazing community there who will be happy to help you get up to speed. And if you are one of the people who really hates NFTs and think they're destroying society and humanity, I still recommend this as a great place to go visit, see how much positive effect these kinds of projects can have on the world. This podcast series will feature discussions around careers with a focus on business and marketing topics, but will also leave the conversation open to more general areas as well. Professionals from all walks of life, entrepreneurs, and everyone in between. Our first chat is with a fellow who goes by the name Gorilla Mode. He's in the process of getting two really interesting projects off the ground. One is a picture frame specifically for use displaying NFTs in traditional art galleries, and the other project is a new type of cryptocurrency ATM. Let's listen. So the first of what I hope will be many uh, hate career podcasts, our first interview. Yeah. Gorilla mode. Is do, Would you prefer to go by gorilla? Gorilla mode? Mode? Yeah. Gorilla is fine. Mode? Pre? Anything works. All right. Do you have a, like a, a business persona that you use generally or? Just my full name. You don't have to dox yourself if you don't want to. No, obviously. it's all right. <laughs> all right on. Um, yeah, well, we'll go with mode because there's. I feel like there's a lot of other gorillas. Mode is a little bit more unique. Probably, yeah. All right, mode. Well, let's start with a little bit of uh, introduction. Can you give us a real brief personal history and what were the events that kind of brought you to where you're at right now? Um, yeah, so I started sort of my business career dropshipping when I was in high school. And since then, it's sort of just taken off, just reinvesting everything into the stores. Uh, and then I found NFTs in crypto. And I don't know, I think I've just gotten so many ideas from just like seeing what's been what, like how this space can evolve. And like seeing how these ideas can be implemented to start. Talk about what you're working on now. There's two really interesting projects. Um, NFT frames that would hang in galleries and crypto ATMs. Um, if you want to just give a real quick breakdown on what comp like what constitutes each of those. Yeah, so to start with the frames, I just wanted to clarify, like, I'm not, me and my, not company yet, but my buddies, we're not started, we're not making, the frames is, I think, I've heard other people are actually working on that. It's, think of, you know, like a Samsung frame? Um, yeah, like what you hang on yeah. in your house and stuff, yeah. Yeah, it's like, you can, like, put different pictures up, it's pretty much like a TV in a picture frame. Mm -hmm. It's, like, not really something that, I think we're just going to wait because we want to focus on sort of talking to the galleries for now. Mm -hmm. But it's definitely be something that someone's going to come up and make. Like I've heard multiple people be uh, talking about it. It's they're just connecting uh, crypto wallets to these frames and then displaying your NFTs. And so I thought that maybe since um, 
right now it's really all digital. I thought that even like with Web3 and the metaverse coming out, that like maybe the physical aspect is something that might even become more desirable and just like more easy for like people that are not like really in the space right now to grasp. Like everyone knows like what it like the word NFT now, but no one not no one, but it's not really something that people are especially older people are like talking about. And I think like maybe implementing these, talking to the galleries, if not opening our own galleries, would really like provide some really good exposure for all these projects. And we're just sort of working out the details now before we go public and talk to these galleries. Got it. And so is this is still purely in the idea phase or do you have any working prototype yet? Um, it's not, I think it's, I'd say it's in between because we've, we've done tests with galleries and we've gotten responses and like, we know that this is something that we want to do. Mm -hmm. But do you have like an, like an act, any actual physical, like a frame that you're showing people yet? Yeah, yeah we have, we have one frame that's like uh, a working really close to being finished. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. Um, I, yeah, I first started talking to you, uh, in the hate career advice channel i just like we're kind of like in the same chat and you were I, I mentioned that i had experience in the art world and you asked me about um you know talking to galleries and yeah that you were having some challenges there like maybe there was like um i wanted you to kind of explain more like what that uh experience has been like, like how you've been approaching yeah it's them. just it's super challenging because of how traditional they are i just not very open-minded to these sorts of i don't know what they think like it's like gonna like change some stuff or they just like the idea of it actually like i don't think they think they see it as like real art but it is as you know and it's it's worth real money and so i just it's just it's really hard to try and get around the closed-minded like personalities of like the 99 percent of these galleries Cause a lot of them are like family owned they've been there forever and like they just like have a way of doing things and we're just we found a couple but i think for this project to be really worthwhile and successful we need to we need to really bump that number up of people that are willing to listen to us what is it how does that conversation go like when you walk into a gallery um to that might be have a more traditional mindset um do you like is there anything that you bring with you from the NFT world to show as like kind of proof of concept, like look at these things that are already happening to kind of show yeah, yeah, yeah. monetary value? Um, we do, we'll try and show them like OpenSea listings and like try and delve into trying to explain utility, which is not something that really comes up a lot because I mean, it's art. It's not really to them because they don't see, there's not much utility in it yet, but there will be with the metaverse. And so just like walking into a gallery, I think the conversation would start by, they usually have at least one person working there. And of, oftentimes that person is like an owner or it's just, if it's a larger gallery, someone that's hired. So trying to get as close to someone that has the authority to make decisions is like kind of key. Mm -hmm. And so once you do get to one of those people, it's just, as I said before, it's trying to explain to them the benefits that this would have for them as well as for us, because obviously we're not doing this like just with no profit and it's just, yeah, just trying to get into their closed mind and show them like we've just, 
started bringing the frame around, but we don't want to like rush into that yet. I like what you just said about um, showing value for them as well as us. And you put them first. And I think that that's telling even in that sentence. And I think that that's something that gets overlooked a lot. And it's like a really cute feature, especially when you're in this phase, right? Of, you know, just trying to get some momentum behind it. Um, and people often kind of think about, well, I have this great product. It should just be self-evident, you know, like the value of it. And I'm going to sell exactly. a million of them or whatever but they sometimes leave out that piece of the puzzle, right? Of like, well, how does this actually benefit? Like you have to be on the other side of the table and try and like hear what is being said to that person and how they're going to understand the value for them. You have to like bring value first almost, right? You're hitting the no right on the head there. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's awesome to be talking to somebody that is like in this stage of getting a project going, you know, cause you're, you're right at that early point of market research and trying to yeah. figure out like who the actual audience is. So you're saying that you, you know, it's kind of tough with these like more traditional galleries. I don't know what your area is like, but I'm generally familiar with, um, you know, some more kind of like, uh, edgy, uh, galleries, you know, that want to delve more into yeah, like modern art type stuff. Yeah. Yeah. More modern art, more tech, you know, more, uh, outside the box kind of stuff. If you'll forgive me a crappy cliche, but yeah, that kind of thing. So is art, do you have access to, um, galleries like that? And, um, an immediate follow-up to that was like, are you looking outside of your area? Like, are you able to kind of like look out into other, other markets? Yeah, so right now I'm located in Connecticut, like sort of like uh, like some the suburb area. So like the galleries around here are very traditional, but we've started looking into the New York City market, which like as you said before, it's like much edgier, and that's like what I was talking about before. We're getting a little bit more success there. We've only talked at like two or three galleries there. I know two of my friends went on a trip. I haven't talked to them since they got back from that yet, but. Yeah, I think we've, that's one of the, the one I was talking about before, the one that let us do research there on how their patrons would be interested. That was one of the New York City ones. Mm-hmm. The As I'm like imagining you going into these meetings and you're showing them the NFT world, the art within the NFT world, and also bringing in this frame, I'm trying to picture, like you need art in the frame i guess well i'm trying to think of how to phrase this question the best when you're showing them the frame do you have like art displayed in it or do you just yeah uh, so okay so obviously i'm not like i don't own something like tape i mean hopefully i will but as of now i don't so i can't it's not i can't use the function of actually going to the wallet and showing it to them i've gotten like some like cheap ones like that i thought looked cool just for like display but mm-hmm. I realize it's not very practical to be doing that. So I'm just like finding images online and just putting it on the frame. Sure. Just as like a prototype. Yeah. And then are you've been talking to artists about this as well? Um, a couple. Yeah. Not really any like big projects. We're trying. I tried to email. Hey, but I'm not, not going to respond. But 
I think we're right now, what we're trying to figure like, are the biggest question is where do we take the money? Do we take it from the gallery buying it from the artist or we take it from the gallery selling it to the patron? And that is, if we ask the wrong question, the gallery is going to be like, well, you're trying to like take a profit. But if we ask the artist the wrong question, they're going to be like, same thing as the gallery. So we're really trying to work in where we put that. Yeah, that's probably the biggest question right now. Is there, is there a reason why you couldn't do both? You know, like why there couldn't be a small slice that comes off of both sides? Yeah, I think that the reason we haven't really tried to do that is because we kind of don't want to be, I don't want to say stuck, but like tied down to a single gallery, not a single gallery, but like just, I think what we want to do is use the profit because you don't know when the gallery is going to sell it. You know when the gallery is going to buy it though. So the gallery, the gallery could take, it could take months it could take years to sell this one piece and we'd just be sitting there waiting and mm -hmm. so i think we just much rather have it so that we can take the profit from the work just after the gallery buys it and then we can move on to another gallery okay interesting yeah as you're talking i'm i'm thinking of like like various like brainstorming ideas but Maybe we can come back to that. I got uh, other questions <laughs> for you. I don't want to get too bogged yeah, yeah, down yeah. in. What about this? What about this? What about this? <laughs> uh, do you plan on bringing in investors? Um, so the thing with that is, I know I talked about touching on the front. We would really much rather have it that another project, not our project, another person's project would be the frame so that we could really focus on talking to the galleries. But if like it ends up being like middle of 2022 and nobody is doing that, then we're going to have no choice, but to have to bring in investors and make the frame ourselves. But yeah, I've heard people talking about it. I've just, I haven't seen much action yet. So as of now we have one, but think about every gallery, let's say they want, you know, galleries aren't very big. There's only like a couple pieces in there. So let's say each one says four frames max. Let's say we want to get five or so galleries. That's 20 frames. And it's been what five months, and we're almost done making one. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if there's like a the possibility for an NFT attached to this. Like, if you could potentially. I mean, I don't really think that that's the direction we want to go. Just because with that becomes you have to make the community, you have to actually make the art, you have to know the technology. And I think maybe that's a future project, but as of now, that's really not on our radar. Okay, that's fair. How many people are you uh, working with on this? Uh, four right now, three close friends, including myself, so four. Uh -huh. And what is the technical side like? Like, what? how hard was it to kind of get that integration into a frame? Like, is there, what's the, I'm kind of curious about the actual mechanics of it. What is it? So, that? I don't know if you're familiar with like the term, like, jailbreaking your phone to make it do like crazy stuff mm -hmm. we're sort of trying to do that to the samsung frame and it's it's complicated because it's like literally a tv it's like with the phone it's its own thing it has like everything inside of it that you need to but it's it's almost like a monitor the thing mm -hmm. so we have to we had to like try and make different mother computer i don't know i'm not really familiar with like the tech side that's one of my other friends but just trying to integrate that and then getting 
like a MetaMask wallet in there and being able to go through the MetaMask on the frame itself, it's just difficult. But not impossible. Like, I mean, you see, the, you see, you see the road forward. It, it will happen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right he's, he's sort of coming to a conclusion now, yeah. Uh, do you think that at some point the frames will be able to be updated remotely or would that be something that would be part of it or will it be just a static thing like once the art goes on the frame then it's just that one wall at one frame that's actually a good question that's one of the other things we were thinking about we were thinking do we sell the frame as the physical nft so that frame is per nft but then the other side of that is you're spending how much money on the frame in addition like that's we're not making enough to be sending, spending these frames and the galleries don't want to have to buy the frame in addition to the NFT because, you know, NFTs are already very expensive as is. Mm -hmm. And so what we're thinking is these frames are, we're still figuring out that's where the investors might come in is funding these frames and then sending them to the galleries and they just sell the NFTs, but keep the frames. So the gallery might have to pay for the frames, which is like a whole other conversation when I've been ready to start. Mm -hmm. So you were talking earlier about the metaverse, you know, and the gradual development of that as something that might make these even more desirable because there will be people who aren't going to onboard into the metaverse immediately and they'll still want physical prod yeah, physical tangible products but could still be interested in, you know, the digital artwork exactly even so what we were oh, so yeah. sorry go ahead no no go ahead no what we were thinking is maybe even specializing in specific nfts that have utility in the metaverse like something like i don't know if you know that hate pieces you like can become your ape once that's able to like happen right like that's like your thing so even turning like these galleries into like metaverse clothing shops almost it just adds like a whole other side of the business like another dimension of profit and so it's really all in how you market it so we don't want to have to like bombard these galleries with all this information when we first talk to them or else they're gonna they're gonna be like this is too much for us we've been doing this for this many years this works we're gonna keep doing it our way so i think after we get in with these galleries i think that that's a conversation that we can have once we've developed these relationships right right so that is something that you're keeping in mind or i guess more so even yes. than the physical um you know is that the market will also be turning to the metaverse in terms of a purely virtual experience um you know a completely new type of reality and viewing art online and in these virtual galleries um is that also something that is part of your long-term thinking and kind of preloading your game plan to make that pivot when the time comes yeah, that's why I think this project is actually going to be, I don't know, a little rushed because I don't know when that technology is going to be out where literally everything is in the metaverse. But literally, if we were to say, oh, we're going to make these galleries digital, there's already like OpenSea. That's like what OpenSea is. And we can't compete with that because that's already a like, hugely established company that has all these connections already that we don't have. Yes, uh, I guess I'm just imagining um, a burgeoning environment where there's more, just kind of just like how there is now, you know, where you have 
you know, you have Christie's. Uh, God forgive me for comparing OpenSea to Christie's because <laughs> that doesn't quite equate. But just to kind of paint the picture, like right now you have Christie's, like that's like, or Sotheby's, you know, like this, like massive, like, I mean, that's like the giant monolith, right? And then, but then there's yeah. like, like you were saying, all these little mom and pop galleries that are all over and kind of as this virtual space develops more and more i would like to think you know that there will be more and more of these little mom and pop spaces um you know decentraland type of experience you know where you're actually like in this sort of 3d environment you're moving through it you know and like a either in a you know third person kind of view or virtual reality or whatever like lots of opportunities to have um things like that the question that, I, that i'm the bigger question that i'm leading up to i guess so is that it, there will be some period of time where those two things overlap you know the real world that is integrating uh digital art in galleries and then the virtual world that is you know starting to have its own virtual galleries and there'll be some period of time where those two there's a, a long uh, drag time between like you know who is still in what space and where the that diagram overlaps do you plan on having feet in both worlds or will you stay firmly in one until the other becomes viable does that question make sense yeah yeah i think we will be staying in the the physical world at least until because i think you know how expensive like land in the metaverse is going to be so like having that and for the gallery to be in in the metaverse is going to be like just ridiculously expensive and even if investors are willing to pay for that land we don't know if the gallery is going to be making enough money to like pay the investors back pay us back and maybe even some galleries would want us to handle buying them a plot in the metaverse but i don't know many galleries that make enough money to like actually make that transition right certainly not yet yeah yeah oh it seems like that might be something that you would want to do like once this takes off the ground takes off yeah once this takes off and you're you know <laughs> hopefully well not let's not say hopefully when your margins are fat enough do you think that that's something that you could establish uh, oh yeah as definitely. part of this yeah right on. yeah um because this is so early, I'm imagining that there isn't like a whole lot of promoting that you're doing for it, just outside of these kind of direct sales pitches to galleries, or or it, or are you? No, not yet. Reason being that it's really not our our job to be promoting this because we all we need to do is talk to the galleries, and then we're set. With the gal, it's the gallery's job to promote this because they want people to come by after we've done our business with them. And the ball is really in their court but it's really it's all us up until we make those connections with the galleries and then connect the galleries to the artists so your focus is is just on the gallery that's your yes your main correct. intent yeah i think that's really smart right because then you're not trying to spread yourself too thin you know exactly uh who your market is and who this is going to appeal to and you're not trying to make it all things to all people exactly and keep in mind this is a team of four people that all have other jobs. So <laughs> we don't really have the time and or resources to try and do everything. Remind me to come back to that. I want to talk about your crypto 
systems idea real quick, um, but remind me to come back to that uh, time management yeah, sure. issue. Um, this is an, uh, another thing that you have in the works. Tell us where, what stage that's in. Like, is that still idea phase or do you have any kind of... Well, this, like, is, this is actually close to being implemented. Oh, wow. What has to happen is, so this is not anything new whatsoever. Uh, crypto ATMs have been for, around forever, but they're they're all Bitcoin ATMs. Like, and you know, that's becoming like one of the most outdated cryptocurrencies that there is. It's still worth a ton of money, but it's just not something that's going to have a place in the future compared oh, to stuff like. Don't say that. I'm a, I'm a Bitcoin maxi. You can't say that to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all have our opinions, but we don't see. And so Coinbase, I think they saw this too. One of our, my friends, he his job is actually he's a he's an analyst for Coinbase, and. I don't know. I guess he, he took it up the ladder. We were in a gas station. I was getting like a Red Bull, I think. And he he noticed, I guess none of us had ever actually like physically seen one of these uh, ATMs before. And it wasn't, it wasn't actually my idea. He said, uh, why is it only Bitcoin? And I thought that was, that's like, a, that's how you start something that's successful is you need the question, you need the purpose, you need the problem that needs to be answered. And he took that to Coinbase and they just jumped all over it. Like they, they wanted everything to do with it. They wanted Coinbase branded ATMs. They wanted to use their like security measures, connect to their wallets. I think what they're trying to do at this point is take over the entire cryptocurrency market because they've, they have the, like the most su successful and large uh, exchanges. They have the wallet, which has some of the best security. Uh, and those really like, that's all you need to be successful. And they're making so much money, so much money. And I think just, again, trying to get into the physical world before it goes digital, that's where the money's going to be. And I think they saw that. So how does that partnership work out? Like you take this idea to them and how do they... How do you remain part of it? Like when you have an idea like that and you take it to a, an already pre-established giant like uh, Coinbase, how do you still retain ownership of the idea and make sure that you're not going to get cut out? Well, we, we did get a patent for the multi-crypto ATM, so they, they really can't. Oh, like okay. legally, they can't cut us out. And so right now that's, that's what's being discussed is how do we stay in this? How do we keep money? Because... Again, it's it's for people. We don't have the resources to make the ATM. We don't have the resources to implement because it's it's their technology. They're not going to just hand it to us and say make this for us. They're right. going to want to keep it internal. And so, really, what we we want to do is just see how much of the percentage we can make. And this is sort of like the seed. This is where the money's going to come from for the the galleries because that's that's kind of where we really want to be. And so this this is this has been like a year in the making. This. ATM thing, and I think they've started like with prototypes, uh, and yeah, we just want to see. Right now, we're discussing if it's, they're just going to like just flat out pay us, or if they're going to be some sort of percentage or payment a year, and that's just something that's being discussed right now. Yeah, fair enough. I have to admit to being kind of a dummy in this area because I was not aware that there. <laughs> there were crypto atms i thought this was a totally new thing but um the fact that they've been bitcoin 
only and no one's thought i guess maybe it's only been in the last couple of years that so-called altcoins have you know started to put a viable competition against bitcoin and take on that kind of attraction so i guess you're it was just like perfect timing how does this how does it work though like what are your using the that you're using the atm to withdraw fiat from your uh your crypto wallets exactly it's think of it's also you when you put the money in it's you're not like there's multiple ways to use the machine you can because but right now all you need to do is like go on your phone and click transfer or exchange and that's done but thing is some people they don't want to like they have the money it's it's really cash to crypto and that's really where the money is if they want like older people to be able to make a wallet in five minutes put the money in choose your crypto it's in your wallet gotcha um so going back to this question of uh time management you know how you were saying it's you're You've only got three people working on it when it comes to the frames and you've got other responsibilities in life. Um, you have a, a day job that you work as well. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a, I'm a drop shipper, so it's not really, it's, I sort of make my own hours, but okay. recently I've sort of found boredom in it. It used to be really entertaining, but I'm I'm feeling like I'm at the stage where I should start transitioning out and starting to branch out into other opportunities. Yeah. And so when this arose, this sort of consumed me. I feel that. Yeah, I've I've been in a creative career my whole professional, uh, my whole professional career, and you would think that oh, you know, it's just like guy all the time, and it's like, well, man, shit can get boring no matter what you're doing. Yeah. I, I I heard this theory once that you could find a job that you only had to work two hours a week and it paid you 200 K a year. And within two years you would find something to be bored and dissatisfied with. Exactly. Um, one question that comes up a lot in the hate career chat, um, is this concern about the timing between like when you have a pet project going on that you really want to turn into your main hustle, uh, and balancing that against, your day job, you know, the shit that you have to take care of your daily responsibilities. What are your thoughts on that? Like, like what kind of things do you think people can use as indicators to tell them this is the time to jump off full bore into this project, leave the job behind? I'd say just since I don't, I don't have any real like family responsibilities, I'm a college student. So like, I don't, I'm not, I don't have kids. I don't have the necessity to have that money coming in constantly because, I mean, who's being paid for it? And, but I think that, like, I'd be super conservative because this is, you could get seriously, you could seriously mess up your family's, like, well-being by, let's say this doesn't work out for whatever reason. Even if you're, like, 100% confident in it, if it doesn't work out and you, you have no job, you get a minimum wage job, maybe that's not enough to support your family. So I think before you start making more from your side hustle than you do from your day job, I would not quit your day job. Even if that means you can only contribute a couple hours a week to it, it just you got to be patient. Yeah, I think that's the concern, right? Is people not having enough time or or the FOMO of like 
if I can't dedicate all my time to this, then the world is going to pass me by and yeah, I won't be able to get this off the ground. But you just have to be practical about what your, what your time constraints are. Exactly. Exactly. Right on. Cool. Um, well, and if there's anything else that we haven't covered that you would really like to explicitly state, um, please feel free. And then, um, I, there's some people that are hanging out with us and we could see if anybody has any questions for you. Yeah, for but, sure. Um, but, I think like to not close, but like a final, uh, idea would be if you have an idea, you, you need to, like, you have to know if you, you think this idea is going to be successful. And once you ask yourself that question, if the answer is yes, you need to get action on this idea. You need to put the time in, if you have it, as much time as you can, while being, like, realistic. You can still spend time with your family or your day job. And just don't be afraid to dive in. Don't be afraid to fund the project or, again, all within, like, the reasonable constraints. But... Because you'd be incredibly surprised how many projects have started out by someone's just idea and just deciding, like, screw it, I'm going to just, I'm going to put this time in, I'm going to put this work in, let's see where it gets us. Like, so many, even companies are starting, like, like their parents' garages, like Google, I don't know, Google, Facebook, Apple, they're all started so small. It just, it just all starts with an idea. That's kind of what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. I have a follow-up question to that, actually. You... You uh, use the phrase, I think, uh, when you have a project that you know will be successful. Um, how do you know? <laughs> what's what's the secret to knowing that your project is uh, is worth something? Um, I think even just just talking to people, talking to people that are in the same space, like minded individuals, if they show interest, show. Like even like this, like this is even this is like reassurance for my project that this this could be something. Just yeah, you need to you need to talk to people. You can't just keep this to yourself. Awesome, cool. Um, well, uh, there's we got a few people in with us. Um, before we fully wrap it up, is there anybody that's been listening that has any questions? I'll take that as a no. That's cool. That means that <laughs> we'll take that as a good sign. You uh, said everything that needs to be said. Um, in a final close, uh, where would you like people to go to find out more about what you're working on or, or what you're doing? Um, we don't, we're not going to, like, where there's not something that's being advertised, as I said before, so there's, no, there's not, like, a website for it or anything. But I think just showing support to people that have ideas that's that's just all you can do that's all you can do just even even talking to someone telling them like i see what you're doing i see this like just keep doing what you're doing that's all you need to do to help right on excellent excellent cool man well we'll wrap it up and uh thank you so much for hanging out and chatting with me. Uh, this is going to be fun. I really hope this is the first of many. Uh, I think tomorrow I got another chat lined up um, with this dude that has started a, and is running a pretty successful streetwear brand. So everybody that's been hanging out, uh, we're going to do this again tomorrow. 
and yeah, hopefully keep them going. And if anybody, you know, knows somebody that is, uh, in the business world has their own project going on, you know, or just has something interesting to say about business marketing, anything like that. Uh, send me a friend ad, let me know what's up. Or if that's you, let me know what's going on, what you're working on. And uh, yeah, these will be put up on Spotify. I'm going to host these and actually put these out as a, as a real podcast. They'll be short. They'll be pretty sweet. Just like half hour, 45 minutes each one. So yeah, let's keep it going. Uh, 